Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. This is going to go down as a top three all-time favorite interview for me. We sit down with three-time PGA Tour pro Boo Weekly, the good old boy from Florida, Mr. Boo Weekly is one of a kind. We have an incredible chat with Boo. Uh, it gives us an hour of his time. It's absolutely hilarious. We talk about eating rattlesnakes, uh, the number one rule if you attend, if you visit his cabin, uh, an incredible tiger story, and a Ryder Cup post-round story from 2008 that will blow your mind. Almost resulted in a fight between the two teams and Lee Westwood being the primary instigator. We had a great time with Boo. We talk about a bunch of stories. We get his opinion and his hot take on a lot of different topics. It's a great time. You're going to enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, will you please take just a second and go to your podcast app and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us out. We don't ask for much. We do ask that you please leave a review. There are thousands of you that listen, and we only have like 1,000 or 1,100 reviews. There's way more of you that listen to the show on a regular basis. So if you like it, please go and review it. And if you haven't given us a fresh review in the last six months, do it again. It counts. It helps. And we would appreciate it. So without further ado, get ready for one of the best interviews we've ever done. Mr. Boo Weekly. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. Ladies and gentlemen, golf addicts, let me just say I am excited for this interview because, you know, in a way, I was good. I was about to tell him this right before we started, but this is kind of a white whale for us. You know what I mean? Like it, it's 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 one of those interviews that we've been trying to get for years. Literally, what, what do you think, Pat? Like two years? We've been trying to line, line this up. At least, and, and he's just he's just dodged us, you know. And he's and he's uh, he's just been the he's been the toughest thing to find. But it took the quarantine to to get him out, and uh, he joins us from what looks to be a lovely like lean-to in the woods somewhere. Uh, Mr. Boo Weekly, welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast, buddy. Hey, guys. Thank y'all for having me. This is awesome. And, and he's on Susan's iPhone. We, 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 do, we do see he's yeah. on Susan's iPhone. And, uh, <laughs> how, is it that, how is it, Boo, that I have a, a, a more of a beard than you do right now? Yeah, right now it's looking um, kind of clean. I've been I, I look I shave I shave about every three weeks. <laughs> three shave, weeks. You know what I mean? I do like I do the whole bear scene. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> I just like I trim everything, anything from my toes to my nose. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, everything, huh? Well, you're that, oh, I, that, yeah. That surprises me about you, dude. You, you don't really. That's kind of metro for you. No, man, look, look, dude, when you work out here in this heat down here in Florida, you know, yeah. you, you're going to have to keep some things clean. Uh, well, we understand. I'm in Augusta. Pat's in Savannah. It's pretty hot and humid out here, but yeah, oh, I get it. it ain't I that hot it. up there. Y'all, look, y'all live in the high life. <laughs> hey, boo, we, so it looks like we got it. We got our, so we call it podcast juice. We say, what's the podcast juice going down tonight? Obviously, you're drinking a little natty. Which is uh, which is fantastic. I've got the I've got the Woodford again tonight. Pat, you got oh, some yeah. Tito's. Little Tito's so just, tonight. We're ready to kick back and uh, have a good time. Boo. Another thing that we don't do often is have an interview like this and come the the way that we're going to come at you tonight. Because a lot of times <laughs> we have these interviews, you know, 
sometimes the guys are kind of characters like you. Most times they're not. So, you know, we always have these really structured questions and, you know, Pat knows when he's going to talk and I know when I'm going to talk so we can keep it crisp tonight, man. You're like, dude, we got Boo Weekly on. This dude is a riot. He can talk. He's been on tour since the late 90s. Like, he's got stories. We're just going to, you know, we just want it to flow. So, tonight, we just want to hang and, and just let it flow, man. So, if, if we stumble over each other, that's that's what it is. But, you know, you, you should it's feel honored. Good. You should feel honored. It's what, all what good. Do I do feel honored. I feel honored to be on this show right now, man. Mm. <laughs> I've been hiding. Look, that's what I've been hiding for, you know, about a year now. I've really been just hiding and just doing my thing, farming. You know what I mean? Just hiding out. So, I don't, you know. And then, finally, I did a show with, uh, was it, I think, Kelly James? Yeah. Yeah. I did a show with him, I think, last week, you know. And then and all of a sudden, y'all text me up, and I was like, or hit me up. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get it on. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly James, for popping mm. the uh, popping the cherry there and, and getting it going. We appreciate that. What uh, <laughs> so what have you been doing, Boo? Like, what t- talk to us about where you've been, man? What you been up to? Farming, hunting, all that stuff. Oh man, we well we did a lot of hunting this year. Um, now I'm just getting ready to start planting peanuts, uh, little soybeans and corn, and we just goofing off around the farm here. I got 460 acres. I got my dad, and my uncle, and my girlfriend Susan, mm-hmm. you know, which might be soon to be fiance. If she'll ever Uh-oh. say yes, I can't get her to say yes. You, you know should, I mean? you should but, get her. What if she said yes right here on the podcast? That'd be pretty cool. She, <laughs> she won't do it on the podcast. She already told me that. <laughs> we've had, we've had some pretty weird stuff happen on the podcast. That would be a first, though. We've not had that happen. We've had, we've had a tour player hit on his mo- on his own mother in law while she was on the show. We've had that happen yeah, before. We've had that, that happen. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, Joel Dan yeah. apparently he's got a really smoking hot mother-in-law, and she was at the house, and he went ahead and, and hit on her right here on the show. Go look it up. <laughs> Joel did. Joel did. He's a trip. Uh, so you've been farming. Have you been playing any golf or no? What you been doing golf on? Man, I ain't played golf. I ain't picked – actually, let's see, I played one time since um, – was that the RSM mm. last year? Yep. That's, That's the it? last time I play golf. I, What's dude, I'm having a ball just being here, being able to go to the beach, fish, hunt, hang out with my family, my kids, girlfriend, her kids. I mean, just like really just doing what I grew up doing, you know what I mean? Because like I wasn't, I didn't grow up in a golfing family or nothing. And all of a sudden I just fell into golf. Yeah. What are you hunting? Anything that moves. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Look, man, we'll eat it all. They ain't look. We we'll at least try it. You know what I mean? What, like we'll try it. What's the What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? The yeah, animal what, that you've eaten. What would most people think is the weirdest thing you've eaten? I I'd have to say probably an armadillo. You've eaten an armadillo. Yeah, I've tried an armadillo. How was it? Uh it wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> Like it just, and I mean, I've eaten a lot of things, but that, 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 uh, uh-uh. my, my dad's eaten a bunch of snakes before my dad. Yeah. I've eaten them. Yeah. I like snakes. Like I love rattlesnake. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Like we'll catch them. Like we'll blow gas. We got gopher turtles here that live in the ground and then we'll blow gas in them holes 
and we'll pull the turtles out because we want to save the turtles. They're protected, of course. And then, but we'll when we blow gas in there, we'll get the rattlesnakes out, and then we'll just save the rattlesnakes, and then we'll eat the rattlesnakes. What? How do you? Oh cook yeah, them? they got a big old rattlesnake. Huh? How's a good rattlesnake cooked? Like, yeah, how, your... how, do you, how do you talk talk us through your favorite rattlesnake recipe? All right, everyone, I know you're enjoying this incredible conversation with Boo Weekly, but I got to interrupt you and say we really got to give a shout out to our friends at Omax CryoFreeze for the CryoFreeze CBD roll-on. It has been a lifesaver. I've been waking up with neck pain. I guess it's because all I'm doing right now in this quarantine is like looking at screens all day and laying around the house or whatever all over the couch, just neck pain constantly. And you probably deal with it yourself. Enter our friends at Omax Health. If you want to get rid of that nagging muscle and joint pain, you got to get the CBD cryo-freeze roll-on developed by Omax. I've been using it for the neck pain. Pat's used it for a few months. It's natural. It's great pain relief. Uh, it, it reduces inflammation, improves muscle and joint flexibility, and it's 100% natural, CBD-powered, and it works within about 10 minutes of application and can last up to eight hours. And right now, Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of the cryo-freeze CBD pain relief roll-on and free shipping and the discount applies towards any other product on the site. So all you got to do is go to omaxhealth.com and enter promo code TORJUNKIES. That's omaxhealth, O-M-A-X, health.com, and enter promo code TORJUNKIES to get your 20% off and enjoy it, like me and Pat, like our friend Kyle Stanley on the PGA Tour. Everybody's using it. Incredible reviews, 20% off and free shipping site-wide, but you got to try that CBD roll-on. Promo code TORJUNKIES. Let's get back to Boo Weekly. Well, my favorite one is is you take it and like, cause they you know the rib cage is kind of like curved, like I mean it's like a set of ribs, just like on a, like you know a, yeah, a set of ribs, where their bone structure is. You just cut them in little blocks about say three inches, and you can stuff them with like jalapeno cream cheese, wrap it in bacon, marinate it, and then throw it on the grill, man. You slow cook it? Oh yeah. Wait, it, it, it doesn't taste like gamey or anything, or what? How does it? No, man. Look, yeah, well, yeah, I got. I love gamey. But it, I, mean, I mean, it, it tastes like meat. chicken. I mean, no, it ain't taste like everybody says. Everything tastes like chicken. It ain't like frog legs. Everybody think everything tastes like chicken. No, is they it, don't. Like frog legs are good. They don't taste like chicken. Is it? Is it like? Is it like? I would think a snake. Is it like muscle? Like gristly and tough? No, it's it's like it's like eating a fillet because they got a backbone like. It's got a it's, it's got a fillet that runs down the backbone, just like you know. If you look at a cow or a deer, and you took the backbone of the deer, and it just you look down the back of the bone, and you got like a you got a like a a, a fillet on one side and a fillet on the other. Wow. See, I would have I would have thought that the rattlesnake would have tasted or not tasted, but like had a texture like fish, but I guess not. It, so it's it's close to it. They got, that, they got that, they kind of got that same, like it's like white a tuna, meat. like a tuna maybe. No, no, no. It's white meat. It's, white, it's okay. white meat. Yeah. It's white with like a little, like a white gristling in it, but it ain't gristle. Yeah. You, mm. you ever been bit by a snake? Yes. sir. Like a, a, a bunch of them. Snake? You have? I've been hit by, I got hit by a pygmy rattler when I was younger. Yes. In the mm. leg. Okay, I was actually going to ask you this question. This is Did somebody little... suck it, suck the poison out? You're not supposed <laughs> to do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I, like, I, I, like to be I forgot. 
<laughs> I like to see your house sucking off in wine barrels. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, nah, nah, they, uh, no, nah, they didn't do all that. He didn't put no poison in me. Um. So I heard there's a now. Now you're not. Is this where you are now? Is this considered your hunting cabin, or do you have another hunting cabin somewhere? No, this is this is uh where I live. This the homestead. Uh, yeah, you mean can I show you? Sure. Yeah, give us a tour. Yeah, let me give it. Let me, look, can I take it off? I'm gonna take it off. Okay. okay. Look here. Here's um, like here's my barn. Yep. I don't know mm. how. What? Because I live what, in a what, barn. What kind of truck is that right there? You working on? <laughs> That's a '51 Ford. Hmm. And then I got uh, like I got well, let me oh, let me walk in here. But like I got all my deer heads up on the wall. Can you see them? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I got my deer heads up on the wall. I got my I got my escaper route. Uh, just in case my place catches fire, I can jump down onto my refrigerator. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I can just go out in my garage. Yeah. I got my, uh, <laughs> as of right now, I got my gun safe out here. Yep. You know what I mean? And then I'm building a house. Like I, like I said, I, we live in the barn right now. But uh, I'm building. building my house right out here. And I'm going to show you the view. Oof. Mm. Oh, wow. That's, That's going to be my house. And then I got like, you know, a couple pine trees. and That's beautiful. I got my barn down there and got my stuff going on. You oh, know? Are you in, uh, what, what, where are you at? Florida? Tallahassee? Yeah, I'm right outside of Pensacola. Okay. Are you yep, wearing a right. Zoom t-shirt for the Zoom call that we got right now? Oh, no. That's, that's, a, that's a fishing lure. That's a fish. Look, they make the best worms ever. They're from they're from Georgia, right outside of Augusta, or uh, right outside of Athens. Yeah, they make the best worms ever, dude. They they're good. Boo, let me but, tell you, let me tell you something about fishing oh, lures. This is this is in my family. You might find this kind of interesting. Look at that. Oh yeah, I got mm. tractors, man. We 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 finna start planting. I've been uh, putting lime out all day. Getting ready to start planting my corn and soybeans and my my uh, peanuts. I want some peanut. I want some Boo Weekly peanuts, man. That's what I want. <laughs> I, hey, I, do you boil them? Uh, yo, yeah, yeah. What kind? What's the, what? What kind of are they? Are they Valencia? What are they? Um, runners. They runners. For, yeah, they're Valencias. Mm-hmm. Yes. Listen to Pat. I know my peanuts. <laughs> hey, so I asked you about your hunting cabin because somebody told us that there's a certain rule at your hunting cabin. There's there's like a, a number one rule that everybody who comes to the hunting cabin has to has to abide by. I was going to ask you what that was. Well, the old that was our old hunting cabin. Okay. And the sign above it, there was a metal sign that we had to put above it. If you stayed there at the cabin, it was pole to pole, hole to hole. But there ain't no pole to no hole. You got what I'm saying? And then that was that was for all because mostly it was all guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we didn't want to, you know that kind of stuff going on in there. Uh, that's a trip. 
That's a I mean, it can go on, but it just don't need to go on in our home camp. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you got me. I was going to ask you, this is a very random question off topic, but uh, the, the snake thing got me thinking about it. Uh, so I, we were talking, I was talking the other day about this with somebody about irrational fears, you know, about how people just have these, these fears. There, there's like this recurring thing that, that you think about or you have a fear of that's irrational or a little weird. For me, it is, so I hate snakes. I, I freaking hate snakes. And I, and I live, I know I look like a city slicker, but I live on some, <laughs> on some, some acreage myself. I live out on like, you know, five acres, but I run about 80 or 90 of it. And so we have snakes here all the time and I hate them. I hate them. So my, but my irrational fear is that when I get up in the middle of the night to take a leak, that there's a snake in my toilet that's going to bite me in the nutsack. That is, I have a very real fear Every now and then I just think about, oh my God, I live out here in the country. What if this thing somehow gets in my, in my well and all the next thing I know he's in my toilet. Oh, look, they have. It happens. I, I, I've seen pictures of it. So, but, but that's a pretty I've irrational fear. Oh, sh- boo. Stop. I've seen it live. I grew up on Blackwater River in East Milton and my grandmama walked in on our, in her bathroom where we only had one bathroom as a kid and she went in there to that bathroom and there was a water moccasin laying in in the in the bowl. Oh, uh, you're her, mm-hmm. you're yeah, this is great. You're really you're helping the fear out. Right. I can't. <laughs> Love it. What so all right, so the question is what is your irrational fear? Do you have an irrational fear that you think about every now and then? <laughs> I, I know you're probably afraid of a lot less than me, but I know I mean I man that they ain't much. I mean, I don't know. I say lose. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know that one because that that's a like. I got so much other stuff going on. Like I'm not afraid of nothing in the woods. That's my thing. Is is like spiders, snakes. You know, any of that stuff. I don't worry about. I mean, I'd have to say. I'd say maybe going to the city. Like you dropped me off in New York City. I might. I might be scared. Slam to death. <laughs> like that'd be my rational fear. Like, man, how am I gonna get home from here? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I mean, I'm from a country, and they like look at you when you, they, you know, I mean, y'all talk the same way I do. You got uh-huh. the same kind of accents, and then all of a sudden they like look at you like, man, this dude here is really weird. You know what I mean? Because you got a different <laughs> accent. <laughs> now, I mean, how did you survive all those years on tour, though, man? Like, you're going to all these big cities and all these different places. What, what, how did you, when, when you were on tour and you were off the golf course, were you getting out in the city and doing the nightlife thing? Like, what, what were you doing during all that? No, no, I didn't. I, I stay here. <laughs> Just hotel I room. Do, I didn't do all that. Like, I mean, I like it. If, like, I find me. And my whole thing was is every every little old town I went to, I found like two or three little old bars, little old place I can eat at, and then that's where I'd go. And that's just where I'd hang out. You know what I mean? Like if this one was crowded, I'd go to the next one. If that one was crowded, I'd go to the next one. You know what I mean? And then I could eat dinner, then I'd go right back home. Do you remember I your dinner do spot? Do you remember your dinner yeah. spot at Augusta? Uh Hooters. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, dude. I mean, it was a good time. Hell, I got to go hang out with JD. You know, what I mean, he's a dang hoot, dude. I mean, yeah. you, know, I'm, you know, his birthday was yesterday, and I texted him. I was like, "What's up, old man?" You know, nice. of course, you know he's raising cane and all. He's like, "Kiss my butt." <laughs> of course. 
we got to talk a little golf, boo, because I, you know, oh, we yeah. got listeners who love golf. But That's uh, right. with with what you see going on right now with this quarantine and and the and the, the revised tour schedule and all this kind of stuff, we are kicking it off at, at a place that you're pretty familiar with and have done pretty well at at Colonial, right? Yes, sir. What do you What do you think that's going to look like, man? Like, have you have you have you seen like you know have you thought about like as a player what it would be like to play in front of fan no fans for the next you know twenty events or coming out of a break like this where you've got all this time off? Like, what do you think fans or or people like us who love to do like betting like you know we love betting on golf like that's <laughs> a big part of our show like what do you think all that that whole thing's gonna gonna feel like gonna look like? All right, one last interruption to remind everybody that Mother's Day is around the corner. And even if it's not Mother's Day for you around the corner, you're listening to this after the podcast, long after Mother's Day, you, you got a reason to buy something for your significant other, your mom, your grandma. And we recommend our friends at Skylight. We have a Skylight. Set it up for our mom. She loved it. She received the first photo. It was a big deal. And now the whole family can send her photos. It's super easy. It's a black 10-inch screen, touchscreen photo frame. It just plugs in, and it has an email address, and all you and your friends and family can send photos to mom or whoever very easily, and the photos show up immediately on the screen for her. It's super easy. You shouldn't have to do anything else. There's no big setup, and you don't have to struggle finding the perfect gift. It's a great way to make mom feel close to those that she's maybe separated from at the moment. So anybody can send, and it takes like less than 60 seconds to set the thing up. You plug it in, you use the touchscreen, connect it to your network, and boom, just wait on the photos to start hitting. And sending photos is easy too. You literally just email the photo to the Skylight email address. It's it's so it's so easy, okay? They'll, they'll be at her house in seconds. It's a black frame, so it goes with anything. And they give you 100% satisfaction guaranteed if you don't like it or mom doesn't like it, but we're pretty sure she's gonna like it. So as a special offer right now, you can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash pga and enter promo code pga that's right you get ten dollars off your purchase of a skylight frame just go to skylightframe.com slash pga and enter code pga that's s-k-y-l-i-g-h-t-f-r-a-m-e.com slash pga all right let's get back to it well it'd be like almost playing like the nationwide tour first thing because okay. I mean, I mean, like we played back in the day when there was Nationwide Tour, the Ben Hogan Tour, you know, the Nike Tour, the Buy.com Tour. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of golfers out there. You know what I mean? I mean, it was. I mean, not I shouldn't say golfers, but spectators. Fan, yeah. You know what I mean? So now, yeah. you know, now it's just going to be like they're just out there. It's going to be the camaraderie of the players, mm-hmm. and which half of the players got so much ego, anyway. <laughs> That you know they ain't gonna be able to communicate with one another. They, I, I mean, they they gonna they allowed to be fist fights in the locker room. Who knows? <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. But y'all, you know, we won't know about it. The tour covered. It up. would be fun. You can go in there like a hockey, like a hockey ring. You just go in and just fight somebody and just be done with. It. Like, hey, dude, we're gonna fight for a second. All right, everything's good. But I mean, golf is golf. You know what I mean? It, and it's, I mean, it's the greatest. It's the by far the greatest sport there is. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's the Love stupidest it. thing because it is, it's such a mental game on top of the aspect of it's a talent game. Yeah, and you know you got to do what you got to do, and you got to work hard to, to get where you're going. But it's just, it's crazy to say that you know this democratic 
crap that they got going on with all this stuff, you know, saying that, you know, we got this, we got that. I mean, ain't, I, I mean, I ain't, look, dude, I ain't met nobody yet that's got that, that virus. And I've been around all kinds of people. I've been, look, dude, I've been down here running around in Home Depot, Lowe's. Like, <laughs> man, dude, I'm laying out here at the beach naked. I mean, hell, I ain't got none of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They don't want none of Boo Weekly, man. They don't want no, none well, of it. I, 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 it. It might be the cause I might have a little, little, little bit of alcohol in my system. And alcohol might kill us. They ain't checked that part yet. They, you know I, I, look, I've been saying, you know, Tito's knocks that shit out. That's what I look. I'm with you. I, I agree with you. I mean, you don't know. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, they say, well, you know, you need to get a shot of penicillin to kill certain things. No, dog. You just need to drink a little more. Yeah, but do you think that little – you think that natty light your drink is going to knock out anything, buddy? That ain't knocking out nothing. It depends on how many you drink. That's it. <laughs> Thank drink you. Enough. Thank you. Uh, so, so, Boo, you know, DB mentioned Colonial, and you've obviously had success there. You won there. Well, tell me about that. That's where they're going to be starting back if, if they get started back in June. Tell me about that course, like what you think uh, – what you liked about it the most and, and really the type player that, that does well there? I, I mean, it's old school. I mean, that's the thing about it, you know. I mean, all these new golf courses that, you know, people are building nowadays, is it's all about the length. You know what I mean? And not, not knocking Tiger by no means, but, you know, it's just like when they went to Augusta and they're trying to make Augusta Tiger-proof. You know, and you remember that when they, you know, mm-hmm. yep. they've gone to all these golf courses now. It's got to be like 73, 7,400 yards. Well, they ain't got to be that. They can be 7,000 yards to 6,800 yards. And all they got to do is just grow up some trees on, along the edge of the fairway, grow some rough up, narrow the fairways up to 20 yards wide. Let's go play golf. You know, so Oof. the bomber ain't going to sit out there and just bomb away. That's scarier than a snake in my toilet for me. No, <laughs> oh, no, it ain't. <laughs> Not for me. Look, but just hit your little iron off the tee there then. <laughs> <laughs> so Colonial's just you're just tight. You got and it's got pretty small greens, right? I mean you really Oh yeah. Gotta, they yeah. got small greens. It's like it is one of them it is a golf course that it's it like it took me a while to understand the fact of how the greens are because they're bent grass, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's like and I don't do very well on bent grass. I do better on Bermuda because I grew up in the South and that's what, you know, that's what we have. And, but the way the grass is, I mean, it's just like, uh, luckily the guy was caddying for him when I won. He grew up, he's from Wilmington, O'Brien or Barry Williams. And, uh, you know, he knew bent grass at the time and we was going through there and I knew I was hitting it good, playing good during that time. And he was like, look, dude, just step away, let me read the putts. Just step away, let me read the putts. Nice. You know, and then when we kind of got into that routine where here it goes, you know what I mean? And then I started making putts, and then I started believing in what he was saying. You know, and then when you really start believing in somebody, like, hey, look, dude, this song got reading them, like, perfect. You know what I mean? It makes it work. So, yeah. Well, so – Let's talk about Hilton Head a little bit. I got to talk about there, and they're gonna—that's gonna be the fourth event when they come back. Uh, no fans and whatever else. What's what's with all the success there? I mean, you won twice in a, two years in a row in '07 and '08. I mean, I know you're—you've been—you're everybody knows you're a great ball striker. That's that's been kind of your 
your big deal, but anything else besides that that really contributed to your success at, at Hilton Head? Well, you just got to hit it to a certain distance, like off the tee. Like I laid it back to certain yardages. Like I wanted, like you know, I mean, you can take advantage of the par fives if you can hit it straight. And but the thing is, most of it, like the par fours, you can take advantage of the par fours of the fact of instead of having to hit a driver, you don't have to hit driver. You can hit three wood down there. You can hit an iron down there. You can hit like certain shots, but you got to hit it to a certain like a spot. Like you had to hit it in like a twenty yard spot back then for the you know. Wish the hurricanes don't blow out a bunch of them trees over there they had. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but you know you can still go around there, and like you just had to hit it to a certain spot. And if you can hit it to that spot, then you're like, all right, I got this right here. I know exactly what I'm gonna do now. And then the thing is, is when you missed it, you want to miss it like, say you had 160 yards coming into the hole. Well, I know that's a perfect eight iron, but to get this close, I think I'm gonna chip a seven iron. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I could chip a seven iron, land it short, and let it roll up there instead of trying to fly an eight iron all the way into the hole. Because the eight iron, if I turn it over, or if you do something different, or if it gets above the tree line, the wind gets it, the wind's blowing. Because that's what makes it great around that golf course is when that wind blows, yeah, about 15 or 20 miles per hour. That's that to me. That's the best golf course on tour. By far. So do you wow. think do you think there's a lot of debate in, in what we talk about from a from a gambling slash fantasy golf standpoint about course history? And I come at course history from a standpoint of I th- I think it's your eye and how you see a golf course. So do you think course history is real? Do you think that it is it's a thing? Like do you step up at a course and say, you know what, I uh this is a course that I know I can play well because my eye, it's, it fits my eye, it does whatever, you know, or is, or does it matter at all? I mean, you know, no, no, you're right. No, you're right about that. It's course history. I mean, it's something that when you can step up there as a player and you step up there and you say, you know what, I can like this golf course here is kind of built. I might not play it good the first two years. Then all of a sudden I'll figure it out the third, fourth, fifth year. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like how Colonial was for me, is I love the way the golf course sets up. And it took me so long to get there and to figure it out. And then finally I figured it out. That's what I was, I, was just about, I was just about to ask. Like with Colonial and Hilton Head, you talk about, like, especially off the tee, making sure you hit it to the right spot. How long did it take you to realize where those spots were? And then once you did, you, that, like, you figured it out, right? Well, Hilton Head, it didn't take me that long. Because exactly. Hilton Head is very similar to the golf course I grew up on, that me and Heath and Heath Slocum and Bubba Watson grew up on. I mean, you had to hit it. You had to hit it, say, two seventy off the tee to get it past the corner. But if you hit it two ninety, you're blocked out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you had yeah. to hit it around that two two seventy five, two eighty mark. Now, either whether it's a bunt driver or a little low hook three wood. You had to hit something to get it down there to where you have this. Yeah. And then you have a clear shot to the green. And that's, I mean, that's how Hilton Hill was. As soon as I played the practice round there in 07, I was like, man, this is, <laughs> this is, this is going to be right up. This is my butter right here. What, what's your plan? Like, Boo, what's your, what's your plan with golf going forward? Are you 
I mean, you sound like you're you're just fine not playing a whole lot. Like, are you are you done? Like, what are are you hanging well, it up? I'm not done. I'm not saying I'm done. I'm just saying right now I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna take a year off, two years off maybe. You know, let the senior tour decide what's gonna happen. Let all this crap go by that's going on. You know, and then then reevaluate and then you know go out. I mean, I, I still want to play the game. I I love the fact of the competition. I mean, that's that's to me that's there ain't nothing better than competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know, when we walk up on a tee box, like, all the players, you know, and everybody's different, but, like, I'd walk up to the tee box one, even if I was shaking Heath Slocum's hand or if I was shaking Bubba's hand or I was shaking Tiger's hand, whose ever hand I was shaking. In my heart, when I shake their hand, I said, I hope you have a good day, you know, or play well today. I'm fitting to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah, in my yeah. heart, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So then on top of that, now, now all I got to do is beat the golf course. If I beat the golf course, then I beat almost 70% of the players. And then I got to beat the guys I'm playing with. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I love the competition. I love like I love to be able to look somebody in the eye and say, man, I'm fitting the whip, yo. You know what? <laughs> so are you are you thinking that that one of these days you see yourself playing a senior tour rotation as well as some of the the events on the PJ tour that you know and love and 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 what will you'll get invited back to? Yes, sir. I would love to be able to go back and play Hilton Head, you yeah. know, Colonial, and you know what I mean, and just just yeah. just to follow up on some of them, the places I love to play at, you know what I mean, yeah. and then plus you know try the senior tour. I mean. You know, it might be where it ain't my cup of tea no more. But at the same time, I don't know. You know what well, I mean? Somebody's like, got to go out there and beat Bernhard Longer's ass. Like, we, we need <laughs> a red-blooded American uh, look, like you dude, look, to go beat. Dude, <laughs> I feel like the senior tour is is, uh, is is way more laid back, probably more fun, and, and you know, probably some better – but you still get the competition. Probably, yeah, you get the competition, yeah. and you have probably have more fun on the senior tour, yeah. to be honest. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you get to sit around there and shoot the breeze with these old dudes and listen to some of their old stories. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that was the thing about Mr. Palmer and all that. You know I mean? When I played down there at Orlando, I always rented, like, I don't know if y'all know where he stayed at, but, you know, uh -huh. from where the – Let's see, how was it? The golf course where we played the tournament at, right across there's tennis courts, and then right across that there was like condos on the water. On the, I think it's the Lake of Chains or the Seven Lakes, whatever it was, a chain of lakes. And I always rented the, the condo above him. So when he come home from doing all his little meetings and doing all his little meet and greets and then, you know, just doing all this stuff, He'd always walk up the stairs. Well, we'd be sitting out back there doing what we normally do, just sitting there having a couple beers and goofing off. And you know, I'd be out there fishing sometimes, and and all of a sudden, you know, he'd walk up there and he'd be like, "What y'all doing?" Nah, we just sitting out here. Well, let me show you something. Well, he went and got us some moonshine one time, <laughs> and that's no joke. And I'm telling you right now, it was some peach moonshine that he brought us from Latrobe or how you say it, Latrobe, yeah. Latrobe, yeah. He brought us some peach moonshine from up there, and he went and got it out of his refrigerator because he had it downstairs where he put his golf cart at. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, that was some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so you tied on some moonshine with, with, uh, with Mr. Palmer? With oh, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. We've tied on a bunch of stuff with him, but he, he look, he's a, he's by far like, you know, I mean, Ben Hogan's my hero. Of the way I, the way I wanted to play golf, I wanted to swing like Mr. Hogan because he looks so compact. He looks so fluid. He just like, yeah. it was like there yeah. wasn't no herky jerky. There wasn't nothing. It was just I would love to. right through the ball. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I got to meet Mr. Palmer. I didn't get to meet, you know, Mr. Hogan, but I got to miss, meet Mr. Jack and a bunch of the other guys. Fuzzy Zeller is one of the greatest of all times, too. I mean, I hate what happened to him with all the media crap, but, you know, it, that, that's, that's – that's media stuff. That's how they want to blow shit up. But <laughs> he, we we met him a couple years ago. He's he's a pretty nice guy. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I had I had one. I, I'll this isn't about me, but I I had one story about Arnold Palmer. I caddied for him at Augusta National one year when I was a caddy out there, and he he was I was in his group, but I wasn't his caddy. But on the 18th hole, he put himself in the in the fairway bunker. And his caddy told me to run and grab the bag while he raked. So I, I walked him up 18, and uh, he uh, he had he had a little short chip, uh, just short right green, you know, short right of the green. And he hadn't said a word to me all day, you know. But he's he's been as nice as he could be. He took a picture with us on 18T. He signed a scorecard for the other three caddies, you know, and it was all that I could ask for. And the most one of the most memorable days of my life. But right as he was about to chip, I was you know I'm standing there across from him holding his bag. And he started – he kind of waggled his club, and he looked up at me, and he looked at the side of my hat because my hat had my name on it. He goes, David? And I said, yes, sir, Mr. Palmer. He goes, you know you know what I'm going to do after this? And I said, no, sir, Mr. Palmer, what's that? And he said, I don't know if you know this, but there's a real pretty young lady that works up here, and I'm going to get me a stiff cocktail, and she gives a massage, and I'm going to let her rub my shoulders. And I said, <laughs> Mr. Palmer, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only only thing I've ever said to Arnold Palmer, but uh, he, he's he's quite the character. That's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Um, all right, so I I want to throw a couple things out here. I want to call this this is this is Boo on blank, right? This is this is Boo Weekly's takes on the following, right? So I'm okay. going to throw something out there, a name, a, a some a, a thing. I'm going to throw it out there, and you just quickly tell me what comes to your mind or what you, you know, a, a quick hitting opinion. You know what I mean? Oh you ready? Oh yeah. Oh boy. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, let's see. I'll, I'll start easy. I'll start easy. So I find it funny that a guy like you, uh, who apparently you texting us tonight have, uh, have a phone that, that is very old and outdated, but you're on Instagram and, and you're, you're kind of active on Instagram. So, Boo on Instagram. What you think? What, what's your deal on Instagram? Oh, I just like looking. You just like looking. <laughs> I know you don't ever post anything. What do you like looking at? What are you looking I at? Just looking to see what all them other people like to post. <laughs> okay, okay. Who's, That's like, kind of like me. That's just like a, me. I'm the same way. Yeah. Who's like one of your favorite Instagram follows? Like, who do you like to look at? Oh, I don't follow. I just look. <laughs> Okay. In a, in a related story. Now you got kids. So I know you know about this boo on TikTok. No. Have you, have you seen it? Have you heard about it? Are you aware of I've it? I've heard about it, but I don't do it. 
Boo, you need to check out TikTok. I, I, I want you to know. All right. I don't know nothing about no top tick. <laughs> okay. Boo on rosé. I don't know what that is, neither. <laughs> I don't you know, know like, rosé. You know, is like that like the, Rose O'Donnell? No. <laughs> no. Like the 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 very – Pat, why don't you describe it? You're the expert. What What is rosé? <laughs> it's it's wine but it's 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 uh it's it's cut the color is pink so everybody thinks that it's like you're real girlish but actually i i enjoy it it's it's, a, it's actually a red wine that's uh you know that's uh it's good it's good so db likes to make fun of me because i like yeah that's why i brought i like up, wine I, now don't get me wrong i drink wine but i drink uh from bowditch uh his wife i can't uh-huh. think of the name of it um, yeah, Scout and Cellar mm-hmm. is what she sells. It's got no additives or no whatever, so it's yeah. good. I'm gonna you have seem to try like that. A guy who only who only goes for no additives and organics and all that stuff. Oh yeah, you know me, man. We got girl garden and all, buddy. All right, so Boo, I think Boo's out on rosé. I think we can go ahead and nail that down. Yeah, I'm not. I don't do no rosé. All right, so mm. here we go. Here's one. Boo on Page Sporanic. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Page sporadic. Like, yeah. what do do? How do you that's do that? a good answer, especially if what that's we can a tell great answer. sitting right next to you. That, that is uh, a great answer. I don't answer. know what that is. I don't mean, and I don't. Here we go. <laughs> Boo. I know you're going to know who this one is. Boo on Bryson DeChambeau. Oh. Uh, awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. Very awkward. Like, super nice guy, but just awkward. Okay. Like, just that putting stuff that he does, that's awkward. (laughs) Like, just, I mean, slow. Oh, my gosh. That mug right there. Like, you you wait for Christmas and Thanksgiving. (laughs) All right. I like that. On... Patrick Reed. Uh, don't know much about him. I mean, you know, all I've heard is stories. I mean, I ain't never, you never, know. never had any interaction with him, really. No, no, he don't. He don't talk a whole lot. Keeps to himself. Now, I'll be surprised you don't know who this is. I'm sure, you, surely, you know who this is. Boo on Brandel Chambly. <laughs> ah, he's a little punk. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I figured you know he was. Yeah, I know Shandel Brian Blee. Blee, blee, blee. <laughs> All right, good. boo on golf coverage on TV. I've seen that a few times. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't watch golf, man. I don't care. You like, don't? I had a bunch of buddies that, like, called me up and said, hey, man, you on TV? Well, was I picking my nose or my butt? You know what I mean? Which one was I doing? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't do all that. There's just a lot of chatter in our space about, like, how terrible golf coverage is and how oh, like, they, dude, don't, it's awful. they don't show shots. They show the same guys. They hit too many commercial breaks, sponsor stuff, all this mess. And then the whole, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Peter Costas came out publicly a couple months ago and basically after he got fired from CBS, talked about how, you know, it's it's really – 100% on the PGA Tour controlling 
uh, the message. Yeah, yep. controlling everybody. Um, everybody. Yes, sir. So, now, look, that's so you, how they all are. Look, dude, I mean, hell, that's like, what was it? I don't know. It's been a while back, a couple of tournaments ago, or not a couple of tournaments ago, but it's been many years ago. I was at the Honda, and I was playing good at the Honda, and I should have won. You know, I three-putted, whatever. But they would not show me on that – none of the following in coming in except when I put it on 18. <laughs> and that was to win. And I three-putted to get into a playoff, which, you know, it ain't no thing. But, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't show nobody unless you got your name – like, if your name's out there or if you smoke a cigarette or if you dip, you do it. Which I get that part. Like, don't show me spit. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah, just yeah, part yeah. of what it is. But because you don't want the kids to see, you know, oh, he dips or, you know, he smokes. And, I, I mean, I get that. But, dude, I mean, golf is like – if it ain't got the major – like the, the top ten guys in it, they don't give a shit. I mean, right. and it's and it's it's crazy that, you know, not everybody want to watch them guys. They want right. to watch what's really happening. They want to watch what's really going on. Like, you know, if you get somebody that catches fire and all of a sudden he birdies like two holes, three holes in a row – and he's getting close to the leaderboard. Well, let's let's see what he's doing. Yeah. Even though yeah. if he's a Ryan Armour or if he's a a rookie on the PGA Tour, let's see what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Because this this is what's really happening. This ain't this ain't a damn Tiger show. It ain't a field show. It ain't a Sergio show. It ain't a. You know what I mean? It, it's a show of who's all out there. Yeah. Well, you know, we say the same thing. Not you, you talk about the outcome of the tournament, so the end of the tournament. But we say the same thing about Friday. Some of these guys that are grinding to make the cut. I think I think that's interesting. These guys that are yeah. just trying to yeah. you know, do what they can to make the cut. I, I'd like to see some of those guys. Now, look, we're, yeah. we're gamblers, and we're, we, need, we need the guys to get through the <laughs> cut line and stuff like that. So we come at it from a different angle. But still, I think that's, that's – that's entertaining golf as well. And those guys are, are really dialed in and trying to grind it to, just to make the cut. Oh, no, you're 100% right. I mean, and, and, and it's the truth because it should be – they should just show everybody that, like, all right, you got your leaderboard. All right, show them as they go through. And then show the guys that are trying to come up the back end. Of, hey, look, he's got this two-footer to, you know, to make birdie to make the cut. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I'm 100% on that. I promise you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we try to do too, man, is like we, we love bringing – shedding light through our interviews on guys that don't get enough coverage because they haven't established themselves yet or whatever that may be. You know, a guy like Joel Damon's a great example. I mean, we were interviewing Joel Damon two years ago before anybody knew who he was, and he's he's a great character, hilarious oh, yeah. human. And, 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 you know, honestly – he's at the point in his career where he can give you a way better interview than a guy like Dustin Johnson's going to be able to give you. Or you oh, know, uh, I agree to that. Because I, those... But see, the thing is, is he's Joel, he's an, I mean, I'm not saying that Dustin's not a, like a, a real person, but he upholds himself now as like, I'm a figure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where Joel is still, he's for real. Like he still got the heart for everything that's in front of him. You know, I mean, he's gone through a lot, dude. I mean, Joe is, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. fought through cancer, and you know, he he's done he's done a good thing. 
Yeah. And I mean, and he's a super guy. Like I played with him a few times on the corn ferry tour, which I still ain't figured that out. <laughs> but, uh, but we, you know, he, he, he's a super guy. And I mean, he means well, and he's going to give you, you know, he's going to give you the truth. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Like there ain't no need in lying about it. I mean, we are who we are and we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay. So that's enough. That's enough. Boo on. Okay. I, right now on. I want now. I want story time with Boo, and we'll <laughs> we'll kind of wrap it up. You know, we are here as long as you're willing to stay here, Boo, because I know a guy who turned pro in like '97 and has played in over 300 tour events and Ryder Cup team, all this stuff. I know you got some stories, man. And I just our people and us love the stories. So I've got like. I've got a few things to, to trigger your memory here, but but if you if you have something that's completely different that is just a go-to, please feel free to share. But I got to ask, because I know you played on tour so long and you played with Tiger, what your most memorable Tiger story is, right? Like, so we talked to Charles Howell one time, and Charles Howell talked about how for, for a President's Cup match in Australia, he went, you know, uh, cage diving with Tiger for great whites, and Tiger jumped out the boat with no cape, you know, Anything like anything that your most memorable Tiger Woods story would be very interesting to hear. Well, mine would be yes, I got a Tiger story. It was me and Heath Slocum. I ain't seen Heath. You know, we graduated high school together, grew up together, and we was at the Wachovia tournament there in North Carolina, Charlotte, and we're sitting there by my locker and we're just talking. And um, excuse me. And we're just talking about bass fishing. You know, we're catching, like, I've been catching a bunch of bass at home and some big bass, like eight, ten-pounders, nine-pounders. You know, and I was showing pictures to Heath. Well, then Tiger pulls up, and he sits down beside us, and he's like, hey, man, y'all in front of my locker, in which he just got done with the Pro-Am on Wednesday. And I'm fitting to go out, and I'm like the one, like, I'm one of the third to last groups out on the Wednesday Pro-Am. I said, all right, dude, we'll move. Sorry, dude. And he's like, well, what are y'all doing? So I was showing pictures of, you know, fish. He's like, let me, let me show y'all some pictures. So, you know, we're looking at him. He's showing us some pictures. And, and he shows a couple pictures of, like, some spear, like some big old, I'm talking about big old snapper and grouper that been shot with, a, I don't know, one of them arrows. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, where they swim in the water and they shoot them with them arrows. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like, yeah, we killed these. I said, man, your ass ain't killed them. He goes, oh, yeah. And I was like, no, you ain't. He goes, yeah, we did. We free dive. And then all of a sudden, he says, I'm only black from the waist down. I'm tired from the waist up. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you tell me. (laughs) That's what he told us. Like, no joke. We're sitting right there in the locker room, which, of course, I died laughing. You know, I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, no ass ain't swimming in no damn shark-infested waters. Apparently, the story is corroborated because Charles Howell said they went off the coast of, of Australia or South Africa. Maybe it was South Africa. And, and they literally Africa, went yeah. to the Great White, like, headquarters. And right. cage, cage, got in the cages and never saw a freaking shark. And Tiger was pissed. And so, Charles is like, we're literally in the ocean. And all of a sudden, I hear a splash. And I turn around. And the greatest player in the world had just jumped in the water with no cage, ready to 
like pissed because he hadn't seen any great whites. Yeah. So apparently, well, uh, apparently, old boy ain't scared. No, he needs to, <laughs> why would he be scared, dude? I mean, God, no. I mean, you're the greatest player to ever play the game. Oh, I mean, man. I mean, by far, I mean, he's the greatest player I've ever watched play the game. I mean, he's done like my hats off to him. I've always, I'll always be thankful to Tiger for what he's yeah. done for the PGA yeah. Tour, you know. And on top of that, but you got to, you know, you got to add Arnold Palmer, Fuzzy Zeller, Jack Nicklaus. You know, you got to add all these guys in there too that that actually built it. And then when Tiger came in, man, and then Phil came, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, these kids nowadays out there when we're playing golf nowadays, it's like, I mean, and and it's funny because Lee Trevino, his son Rick used to be the pro at Pensacola Country Club. Well, you know, I'd go over and play every now and then at Pensacola Country Club with Joe Durant and a couple of them guys, you know, I'm friends with them, cousins with Joe, far off, but we're cousins and I'd go over and play with them and like I'd ride with Lee sometimes, you know, we'd be out there playing and we're sitting there having a little mixed drink, you know, just playing golf and enjoy, you know, just enjoying the day. You know, it ain't like we're trying to beat nobody out of a whole lot of money. We're just playing golf, you know? Yeah. And then we get done, we go into the you know, the men's lounge up there, you know, it's all men's and we're sitting around and I tell her, you know, start talking and then all of a sudden old Lee will say, you know, you missed your air. Like, what are you talking about? He said, man, these kids nowadays, all they want to do is work out and stretch rubber bands around each other and this and that and the other. And he said, dude, he said, man, we didn't have none of this working out stuff. Only thing we worked out was our forearms. That's why our forearms are so big, so we can got things picking them beers up and our drinks up. Yeah, 100%. You you were uh you're you're born too late, man. You're you're clearly born too late. What no, I was born just right. <laughs> Boo, what's your what's your favorite Ryder Cup story from two? Yeah, that's a good one. I was gonna ask you about that too. Yeah. Cause man I, I mean everybody knows about the you know, they, they know the shot and you, you hit the shot and you you know, you ride the, the horse down the fairway. But other <laughs> than that, like like outside of that, give us give us some some good uh insight into that to that Ryder Cup and what you enjoy most about it man it Ryder Cup's by far the you know greatest event because you know on top of playing in it but you're representing you know the USA yeah because ain't, ain't, ain't a better nation than what we are right here we are who we are with the US of A man we are cheers yeah. up there buddy I mean we are who we are but I mean I, I there's, there's there's so many there's like like I mean, you'd have to pinpoint it. I mean, like, I'd say, like, probably the the story that hurt me the most is Lee Westwood. You know, and I really ain't told a whole lot of people about it, but, it, I mean, it's a good one. But when we got done, we won the, you know, we won the Ryder Cup, and this and that and the other, and we're all sitting in there, and we got our memorabilia on the walls, you know, where you sign your name, you know, sign hats, and, you do certain things, you know what I mean? For like, I signed my name on all their team hats and everybody did this, you know, what they needed to do. Well, Lee done got, he got a little, he got a little sauced up, you know what I mean? And he went to writing bad things on people's posters. And I'm talking about like, I don't know, eight by eight by six posters, like big posters. And he wrote some things on like Steve Stricker's, like you're the luckiest son of a bitch to ever make this putt. And, 
la la la. You know what I mean? He, like he just wrote things that shouldn't have been right or shouldn't have wrote. And so at the time, my ex-wife came over to me and said, "Hey, look," and I said, uh, "Lee's writing some bad things on these posters, and maybe you need to say something to him." So I walked over to Lee and I, you know, confronted him and I said, "Hey, man, don't you know, don't write nothing else on this and this and this." Well, then all of a sudden, about ten minutes goes by. Well, I look over, there's Lee writing on another poster, and I think it was Kenny Perry's, like you dumb redneck, and you know he was saying things, you know, you know what I mean. This shouldn't have been saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, then all of a sudden, I got a little upset because I didn't got a little sauced up my damn self, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Why not? So I confronted him again, and I spun him around there, and I was ready to go to blows. And then all of a sudden, we, you know, everybody's kind of like we fit in a fight. And I mean, like I'm talking about, like we really fit in a fight. Yeah. Like I'm, like I'm, like I done, I done had enough. And then all of a sudden, Stuart Fink comes in. Oh, Jim Furyk comes flying in, and then you got little old, old uh, God dang it, what's his dang name? He commentates now a little bit. Oh, from Texas, um, he's won a bunch out there on tour too. Oh, Justin Leonard. Yeah, Justin Leonard come bouncing around there like a little chihuahua. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, like he couldn't see over the rest of us. You know, he's a little shorter, and you know he's bouncing around there. You know, and all of a sudden, like, what's going on? You know, and I was like, look, I mean, this dude's done wrote on the walls. I'm tired of this crap. I done told him to stop. And, and about that dang time, Padre Harrington writes on my chest with a silver marker, signs his name on my chest. And when he did, I just grabbed him in the face and shoved him back. <laughs> and then all of a sudden chaos kind of breaks loose for a second there and all of a sudden they were all like well we're leaving so then they go down to their room like and i think we were on the i don't know what floor 19th i just say the 19th floor well they're down like on the 17th or 16th floor well like i said i talked to jim jim's trying to calm me down this and that and the other and i'm not like i said i'm out right now i'm like i'm ready to go fight i mean it's just it's done got to the point where i used to like to fight anyway when i was a kid but it's just got you know so we go down there and the gym's like well i'll tell you what let's just go down there and just let's just get their party right i said all right well let's go on down there i'm with you buddy sure enough we walk in the door there and they got a jukebox going on and when they got they he walked over there and unplugged the jukebox and he jumps up on the table like a round table literally steps up on the table or steps in the chair steps on the table and he does the triple x you know the triple x old wrestler that's right that's, what, <laughs> that's exactly what it is you, you know you know you know the whole saying that goes with it and he yep. tap 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 and he drops Jim the ball on him. oh yeah <laughs> dang sure did buddy Dude, that, what what happened after that? Well, they 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 embraced us. <laughs> hey, look, they, they realized, you know, it was just me and him. Look, look, you know, I mean, I'm sure you get we got we've all been sauced up and made some poor decisions. You know what I mean? Like, so well, it is what it is. That's 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 exactly right. That's hilarious, though. Um, we've heard we've heard a little bit about some of those Ryder Cup. Post uh, post cup sellies between the two uh, between the two teams. We've heard a few. So that so that was in 08? Is that in 08? That yeah, was that in was 08. 08. And the other one was the oh, um, was it my sir, my Nick, my Faldo, whatever, however you say. 
my sir, my whatever he is. He he wants to be a sir, but he ain't. He just fouled up. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? He is yeah. what he is. I mean, he's he's still a punk too. I don't care what what you say. <laughs> I mean, great. He was a good golfer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he's still a punk. You know what I mean? He just he whatever. But when I did the Ryder Cup thing, when we walked off the stage there and we were doing our thing, he told me that's the most dis- – he wouldn't shake my hand. He said that's the most dis- disrespectful thing he's ever seen at the Ryder Cup. Because you rode the – Ever done to another component – or to another opponent. Oh, gosh. And then what have we seen since then? Way worse <laughs> than that. Oh, that's what probably. I'm saying. I mean – but he said that's what started it all. Like, if you listen to what he says from there out, I mean, that's that's what started the whole thing is I started it all with me riding the club. The U.S. started this little gingle gingle thing. You you you, you opened the seal on it, huh? Yeah. Hey, that's you what know what? Say. At this point, yeah. at this point, where I'd, I'd be freaking proud of that. Shit. Hell yeah. Uh, Shit. Well, it After, is better. So can you imagine? So there, there's talk that they're going to play this year's Ryder Cup without fans. I was just about to ask. How that. is how is the Ryder Cup a Ryder Cup without fans? I mean, isn't that like what it's all about? Is the fans? You, oh, dude, it's the greatest thing. The fans is what makes the whole damn thing. So you got to think. And, you got to you got to go to next year if they can't if they're not going to do it with fans, right? Like if they if they say, listen, we're not doing this thing with fans. I mean, yeah, this is bypassing. Just just bypass it and start with the odd years again. Yeah, let's just start with odd years again. That's exactly right. Yeah. Do the do – the, make it the thing uh, – what's the other one? President's Cup. Yeah, there you go. If I'd have played in it, I would have already retired. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. I don't want three times on the PGA Tour played in the Ryder Cup and then the President's Cup. Oh, I'd have retired. I'd be done. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> like, here it is. What are you doing, boo? I'm chewing on a chicken bone. What's up with y'all? You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I got I got a few. I got a couple more. Like I wanna I wanna prompt you with the Ryder Cup story was one of them. What about your best uh, your best Baldo story? You know, Baldo. For those that don't know, Stephen Bowditch, a friend of the podcast, friend of the Tour Junkies, was 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 one of our very first PGA Tour Pro guests on the show. Uh, we've, we've had some very real and raw moments with Baldo before, okay? And I know you and Baldo are close. What are, what's, a, what's a good Baldo story that he would be okay with you sharing? Because I'm sure there are a few that he would not be okay with you sharing. We don't want to get him pissed off, but. Oh, no, I don't want to piss him off neither, but how about this? I've watched him. I... <laughs> I watched him at a casino one night. He went on a three-day tear. Three-day right. tear. Okay. Three-day tear. Uh-huh. I watched him beat the casino out of 270-something. Whoa. Is that, where, is that in Vegas? Now, listen, like I said, I ain't going. I ain't, I ain't okay. getting that far in the – What was the game? What, what was the game? What, what, how was well, he doing it? Was, it? it was blackjack, and then it was craps, and then it was blackjack, and then it was – craps and it was 270 oh yeah so then like and i'm in the room he didn't have a room he just showed up me and scott hamilton which was our coach at the time or still oh, our yeah. coach but I know you know, you know, y'all probably know scott oh legend. the legend well scott was supposed to come in that night well scott didn't come in so i just told baldo to stay with me you know that night well 
Battle comes in. I got to play in the Monday Pro-Am, and this is on Sunday night. Battle comes in and literally turns on every light and says, I'm making it rain up in here. <laughs> and he's throwing money, chips, everything you can think of up in the air, like just like having a ball. He thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> well, I go and play in the Pro-Am that morning. Well, Scott calls me. I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was probably about nine or 10 o'clock that morning when he lands. He says, where's battle? I can't get a hold of him. I said, dude, he's probably sleeping. And I said, he had a, he had a long night last night. He goes, okay. He says, he at the, at the casino. I said, yep. And I said, I said, he's in the room. He's probably laying in your bed. I said, just tell him to bring one of them little single cots down there. We'll just stay three deep. Man. So, you know, that ain't nothing to that. And then all of a sudden he gets there and he goes, I'm just going to stay here at the con at the at the uh, casino. I got Baldo rounded up. I said, all right, perfect. He says, all right. Well, he loses all of his money back. Loses all 200-something 200, 200 thousand back. Oh. Well, as they're still sitting there, all of a sudden Baldo gets back to doing it again. Well, then he beats them out of 180-something thousand. Oh, God. Oh, blackjack and craps. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden he turns back around. When it was all said and done, he, he ended up moving out of our room, going to another another hotel so he wouldn't be around gambling and stuff. <laughs> he done gave all that money back, and I think he ended up losing a total of like $15 that week or something like that, $20 <laughs> for the whole week. Jeez, man. Like, I mean, dude, I mean, he, he is, he's, he's the greatest man. Like, he is, he, look, all the Aussies are the greatest, though. I don't they're, care how you go about yeah. it. They're yeah. like some of the, they're some of the most naturalist people, just the, just straight up, just being who they are, man. They get along with us Southerners pretty well, I feel like. I feel like we're kind of yeah. kind of spirits. No, I think I think you're right. Losses. I think that's exactly right. The Southerners get along. What you done lost your drink? You over there looking <laughs> I think, around like what? I think I lost I lost my phone. I was looking. I, I was I had to I had to find. What about question. Boo? What about a good? All right, so you want you won a few times on the PGA Tour. What about a good post round like post victory story? You know, you 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 win on the PGA Tour. You uh, you got any good like celebration stories or any good? Any memorable moments after a win that that yeah. stick out to you? Yeah, well, uh, when that first one I won at Hilton Head, we had to go to New Orleans, and I I didn't care if I played, I didn't care if I played or not. For three days, it was tied on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was tied on. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking about, we run buck wild for three days. I didn't call all my buddies up. I don't book out. Look, I had like I think it was like twenty. I think it was like 20-something people that came down. And they were shacked up. Look, they was like four guys to one room, dude. You know what I mean? Like, we was trying to get everything because usually that's when the jazz fest is going on and all that. So, you know, it's kind of hard to find rooms. But, man, I had rooms everywhere. And, man, we had a <laughs> – look, dude, it didn't matter. We had a ball. You shut, it, you shut New Orleans down. Well, I ain't going to say we shut it down because you can't shut New Orleans down. Yeah, I don't think you can. But that's a good place to be able to party after you yeah, get a yeah. win. Ooh, yeah. you ain't lying. Man, I ate so many crawfish, I felt, I felt like I walked around like one for a while. <laughs> or you used to have one dragon. 
What? Hey, Boo, give me a good uh, a good fan encounter that you've had. Like just a, a funny encounter with a fan. Of course, my caddy JoJo. I mean, at the time in which we grew up together, JoJo he he'd always sign it. Like I'd get a golf ball, he'd say, "Hey man, sign this ball right here." It's like, all right. I sign it and then he'd take a marker. He said, Let me see the marker. I was like, all right. Well, he'll write it. He'll write my phone number on it. Usually it was my phone number. And then he'd be like walking over next to the ropes and like hand it to a girl and say, call me. <laughs> well, I'd be up in the room, laying there in the room, you know, at nine o'clock at night, you know, or eight o'clock at night. And all of a sudden the phone rang like, who in the world is this? Hello? Hello? Hey, uh, is this JoJo? Like, <laughs> No, it ain't. This is boo. She goes, oh, hey, does JoJo work with you? I said, yeah. We're, like, he goes, okay, well, perfect. I said, hold on a second. So I just hand the phone to JoJo, and they said, I know he's downstairs meeting her. and You know what I mean? Like, dude, I mean, they, they ain't no JoJo was a I'm player. You, dude. We, we were going to ask you about a good caddy story, if you had any good caddy stories. I mean, I, you know, any uh, any memorable moments with any caddies? Uh, I'd say um, – my funniest one was my rookie year in 2002. And I cannot remember the guy's name. And and he was, I mean, he was a decent caddy, you know, and I just kind of, you know, picked him up because I needed somebody. Chrissy Bill at the time was caddying for, oh, uh, God dang, I can't even think of who he was. He was my caddy at the time. And then he went back and caddied for his, his uh, guy that won that tournament a couple of years ago. But um, this this guy I was caddying for, he kept kept saying, like, Mr. Weekly, Mr. Weekly. I said, man, you got to call me boo. Like, you got to stop all this. He's like, man, I don't like these frogs around these ponds. Stay away from, you know, these ponds. Well, we was up <laughs> in um, – oh, shoot. We was in Michigan, not Flint, but in um, – and I'm telling you right now, they had some bullfrogs laying around there, and I was like, man, I'm finna to catch some of these sun guys. Like, I'm telling you right now, I'm talking about some of the biggest frogs you've ever seen in your life. So I was out there playing, like we're doing a practice round, and I kept messing with these frogs, and that dude kept saying, man, you put one of these frogs in there, man, I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Mr. Weekly, Mr. Boo, I'm putting this. I ain't doing no goddamn frog up in here. And I was like, look, man, it'll be fine. Don't worry about the frogs. Well, I ended up catching like six of them. When I took them back to my motel room and I cooked them. And like I had a little old fire pit the whole nine yards and we just cooked them out there in the little place I was staying that had a fire pit. So I cooked them all back there. Well, I left one in the bag on purpose. So the next day, like we teeing off, I think we're like second off that morning. Because, you know, they put the amateur, or I'd say the amateurs, but they put the the guys that ain't really that good all first, you know, and they put the TV time people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had that frog in there, and I told that dude, I said, hey, man, you mind reaching there and get me a dang, uh, a glove? He said, yeah. <laughs> he unzipped that bag, and I'm telling you right now, when that frog jumped out of there, <laughs> he dropped the bag, he kicked it, stomped on it, and then left. <laughs> I ended up playing that round of golf. I had to get somebody off the side. No joke. <laughs> I had to get somebody off the side. And I only had – I had exactly 12 clubs to play golf with. He broke <laughs> He broke the other ones when he stepped on my bag. <laughs> you ever caddy for you again? No. Uh-uh. I still don't know. I, dude, he was just some old dude, like just some old caddy that just caddies at that golf course. 
you I like that. I like that. Brought a lot of laughs to us and to our fans, man. We appreciate it. You. Well, uh, I appreciate y'all for having me. And like I said, look, I'm sorry it's taking me so long to finally open up a little bit. It's just you know what I mean. Like I wanted to hide and kind of do my thing, guys. Well, now that we got your number, we'll just hound the shit out of you from here on. <laughs> That's fine. Look, <laughs> just don't put that. Don't put it on Instagram. No, we don't, we would never do that. <laughs> I know. Uh, I just play it. We we need to. You got uh, Susan's number. You ain't got mine. <laughs> oh, no, we need to uh, hey don't be sending no neck and pics to my girl now don't be doing that <laughs> show us some of this young blood boo yeah, yeah. uh not we'll, me uh, well uh we, we we need to make our way down there where you are and go play some golf because we ain't that far man you know what i mean like we need to play some golf you if you're ever up here in aiken or you want to go see coach you go going to see scott you know let us know we'll come hang All out right. we're not that far Okay. Yeah. I, look, I ain't like I said. I, I I'm not really interested in golf right now, dog. Well, I know, but whenever that happens, when it happens, that happens. I, look, I will holler at y'all. I, I promise. Next time you, <laughs> next time you cook a rattlesnake too, I need a picture. I need a video of how you prepare that thing. I, I need oh, to see I will. it. What, what you want? I got duck. I got some quail. No, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the rattlesnake. I, I'm interested in the rattlesnake. I want to see the jalapeno, sour cream stuffed, uh, or, or, or cream cheese stuffed, bacon yeah, wrapped rattlesnake. I got uh, you. That's that's. Look, how about this? When I when I pull him out of the hole with my hands, yeah, and I got him in my hands, and then I get him wrapped up, and I got him right there where I need him at, and then I'll show, I'll have the whole video, and I'll send it to you, and Wait then we'll go from there. When you pull him out of the hole, are you you talking about he's alive? Yeah. You 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 walk up on it and grab him behind the head real quick. I can't. Well, I don't know. I don't walk up behind him. I get him strung out to where I poke poke the stick behind his head and then reach okay. down and pick him up. But you still do that when and he's he's fine. He ain't you didn't put a bullet in him or anything. Yeah, he's still alive, dude. I got one mounted at my house or actually in my storage unit where I got divorced. That I walked up on that was eating a rabbit and I picked him up and I got him stuffed with a rabbit in his mouth. <laughs> Boo. I, I can't like that. I can, I don't even know how you sleep in that place. Like I wouldn't be able to sleep with that thing in my house. Like that is, it's that dead is, now. DVD. Yeah, but dead. I just, like, thank you. Well, Thanks, I know man. he is, but all his relatives aren't, and I just would be thinking about <laughs> his relatives <laughs> in my toilet. I, I mean, I'm just telling you. I, I mean, I I I kill them, but I sh- I kill them from far away. I shoot them. I shoot them from far far away because they are at my oh, house. Right. I, I get the cane break rattlesnakes and the copperheads and the and the moccasins oh, yeah. pond right in my backyard. I got all of them, but I yes. and I will kill them in a second. I will not I'm not touching them until they are long dead. In fact, the last one right. I shot, my kids wanted to jump out and touch it. And I said, no, no, no. We go in the house. We're gonna eat dinner. We're gonna wait a couple hours for the thing to stop wiggling because I can't handle all that. And then when it's done wiggling, we'll come back out here and then we'll pick it up. And that's what I did. Let me tell you, let me tell you a trick there. Make sure. When you go out there, just cut the head off and bury it, all right? Because a rattlesnake, a water moccasin, a copperhead, after it don't matter two hours after you kill it, it'll still strike you. It'll still, it can still kill you. See, that's why those things are from the devil. Those things are demonic, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you something. If I can chop your freaking head off and two hours later you could bite me and take me out, you are demonic. You have – you. <laughs> Something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, babe. 
All right. I got somebody hey, showing up. Listen, right, listen. Buddy. You you better do this again with us. We got to do this oh, again. I'd love to. Yeah. It ain't got to be real soon, but we got to do it again. You got to promise. Right. Oh, yeah. All right, boo. You we appreciate it. you. We finally we called the white whale. We called the, the white, white whale. whale. That's right. Boo, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you, man. You got it, brother. Good to see, see y'all.